This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Ovation Bistro and Bar. Let me tell you what, there's no better barbecue than Ovation Bistro and Bar. They've got that good, home-grown, fall-off-the-bone brisket. Let me tell you what, it'll melt in your mouth and it'll make your tummy happy. And speaking of making your tummy happy, let me tell you what, they've got all day happy hour with two for one wines two for one wells and two for one bud light and miller light and speaking of free drinks because we know how you love them at the happy hour if you mention happy hour with johnny and deuce you either get a free house wine or a free bud light or miller light draft johnny how can they find them you can find the ovation bistro bar on facebook at facebook.com forward slash ovation bistro as well, there's reservations available upon request. Give them a call at 863-354-6967. And remember to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. it up what's going on man? how you doing not much i'm doing pretty good man how are yeah, you I'm doing a, i'm excellent <laughs> wow all right so we're off to a good start the, yeah this is going to be a diabolical episode of happy yeah. hour deuce i can feel already happy hour and deuce gonna yeah. be out again <laughs> see that's why he never lets me intro the show anytime i intro the show i take his name out of it i just call it happy hour deuce so <laughs> yeah. he, he already knows what my backdoor plan is in case this all goes horribly wrong yeah Anyways, this is the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We are a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And uh, every episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with the Deuce salute. Oh, that was kind of weak that sauce. That was a weak sauce. That's I don't right. know, man. Bush Light, get your shit together, <laughs> yeah, man. That's like three times in a row Bush Light has dudded out on us. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> and, of course, we love to have special guests with us on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We do. And, of course, we have Lily Rutledge Ellison from Season 3 of TBS's King of the Nerds. Welcome back to the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. You did. You pronounced my name really well. Oh, yay. Air high five. <laughs> of course, this is uh, Deuce and I, this is kind of like our third, third or fourth Google Hangout we're doing. Yeah. Because we figured out a while back, like, you know, taking phone calls is okay, but the sound quality can be iffy depending on the, uh, you know, the carrier, the person's mm-hmm. cell phone. So, like, we realized, hey, if we take Yeah, the- last time I called you guys, I was on my phone driving. That's embarrassing. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't sound that wow. bad, actually. That I, was pretty I good. If you yeah. didn't tell me that, I never would have known. So, uh, we actually I got really I was on my phone driving to the location I did not know how to get to. Oh, so wow. So, if if I'm impressed with how it came out. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounded pretty good. No, it turned out great. And we, we realized a while back, like, you know, Google Hangout works for a couple of ways. Like, A, you get to see the person. And that way they know who you are, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. interact a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and the, of course, the the audio quality is much better. So because you're we're, we're plugging the audio directly into the soundboard. So you get the straight audio magic, as we call it yeah. here for the audio files out there for the audio files out there. So, uh, Deuce, I think uh, I guess we should uh, start off. Yeah, I had a bunch of questions for you personally. Uh, how was everything at the Denver Comic Con? Oh my gosh, Denver Comic Con was so much fun. And I mean, it took a lot of work to get there. Um, Heather and I, like, people assume, like, you know, oh, you guys are like G level celebrities, right? So people just invite you places. Well, no. Um, 
Heather and I put together like a presentation and I printed out um, graphics and um, made an appointment with Denver Comic-Con and met them in their boardroom and met people and we like pitched ourselves. We were like, here's why you want the season three cast of King of the Nerds at Denver Comic-Con and here's why you're going to give us all passes and plus ones. Um, and so it was a lot of planning involved. There were ideas that we had and didn't go through. There were ideas that we came up with last minute that ended up going through. So we had a ton of panels. Um, we had a few activities with kids and it really just went super well. Well, I think yeah. that's what impressed me personally. Like when I was reading it, cause I saw you guys' tweets and Next time, tell us. We would have mass tweeted everybody about it for you. So let a brother know next time. Oh, sorry. No, it's all good. Anything <laughs> we can do to out. help. But when I was reading it, I thought it was so cool because you had like a thing with kids in the morning. Then you had like the next day. Yeah. I want to say it was like at noon. You had something with like teenage level uh, people, and then like in the yeah. evening you had like uh, I want to say it was like a nerds after dark thing. So it was kind of like a more adult oriented thing. So you kind of. You kind of did the buckshot approach. You hit everybody. So, like, you had something for the kids. You had something for the teenagers, yeah. college people. You had something for the adults. Uh, and Curtis Armstrong was cool enough to swing by and see you guys, which I thought was awesome. Uh, yeah, he flew out on his own dime, too. He did that just for us. Did he really? He really did, yeah. Um, he called me to let me know he was coming, and I kept the secret. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, but... I knew he was going to be there for the panel. So like I was sitting, we were in the mini main, which houses 1400 people. Holy and God. I was sitting on the couch and I was like, when's Curtis going to be here? I don't know when he's going to be here, you know? <laughs> and, um, and they just busted out and everyone lost it. It was great. Well, I've got to say, and, and hopefully you can help me with this. Was this the biggest gathering of you guys since the show? Because it seemed like almost the whole cast was there. Um, since the filming of the show, yeah, I mean, since like the show had wrapped up the, and, and, and you guys had kind of done your, cause I know after, you know, the filming had wrapped up, you know, they edit. And then once they start showing the show, of course, you've got a publicity you guys yeah. go and do and you make the rounds. And I'm sure they had a couple parties with you guys, especially like for the final episode. But since, you know, the show has aired to me, it seemed like it was the first time I'd seen all of you guys together at the same time. Yeah, since the show had aired, this was the biggest grouping of us. And it was something like we talked about Denver Comic Con when we were filming the show way back last summer. Like when we were, you know, sitting around during downtime, we were looking at each other going, so we're going to do Denver Comic Con and we're going to be guests and it's going to be great. So we kind of had everyone on board to come out, like even people who aren't always like vocal supporters of it, you know? So that was exciting. Um, Rachelle, unfortunately couldn't make it because she had this big trip to Europe planned, which I totally get. Um, but I don't know if you saw, we had a cardboard cutout of her the whole time. That yeah. We I thought that was her. awesome that yeah, you guys so had a cutout not... of her because she, uh, God bless her. Cause she's become part of the, the happy hour family. Now um, she has been, you know, texting us back and forth and showing yep. us pictures of the trip and, She's just having such a good time, and she uh, she's been all over yeah. the Europe and stuff. Oh like, yeah, it's crazy. Oh my God. Italy and all that stuff. So it's, it's been, she's been uh, uh, sending pictures and stuff, and like she's actually. Do you know the story uh, about uh, Usher and Rachelle, really? I know talk? about a lot of it. Oh, okay, cool. So she talked to you, but yeah, for people listening at home, you know, like we, you know, we 
just like with you, Lily, like we had you on the show as a guest and stuff, and then Deuce happened to you yeah. know throw an olive branch out. Be like, hey, you can come. No, I happened to be six beers deep and decided it was a good idea <laughs> to invite her to my house for MegaCon, <laughs> yeah. thinking there's no way that's going to happen. No way. She almost got all of us to come out, but we didn't have I would have loved it. Uh, I, trust me, I've got a big old house. Yeah, this house is I huge. I live by myself, so we would have had plenty of room for everybody. But we had a blast, and it was funny because you mentioned the Denver Comic-Con thing. While she was at my house, I mean, she called a lot of you guys yeah. while she was at my house, and she was talking about the Denver Comic-Con <laughs> thing. Yeah. And, and was like, man, I'm really upset that I'm going to have to miss this. But she's like, I can't miss out on this huge trip to, you know, Paris yeah. and London and everything. But yeah. we missed having you guys out. And maybe next year we can fix it for MegaCon. Yeah, so it was really cool. I mean, it was, like we said before, you know, Ori and Rachel and all, you know, all their friends and Angela and Mike and every, all their friends. Yeah. Like, we're all tight now. It's really, really cool. And that's the way I kind of yeah, feel. it's like you're part of the family now. Yeah, so, so that, that, you know. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And this so. is the first time with anybody television wise where i think i felt that way where it's like there's a real there's like a real connection there it's not one of those i don't know how you put it like one of those fake connections where you make contacts and because when you deal with people in the celebrity world you meet people and you kind of it's like oh you know we need to rub your back and you need to rub ours so you've got this kind of fake level yeah, of right. feigned interest but not with you guys not once like it's always been like oh this is awesome we're having so much fun yeah like I've got a very, very strong bullshit meter, and it never even remotely goes off when I talk to you guys, and I love it because I can just be myself, and I know yeah. you guys are being yourself with us, which I yeah. think is amazing. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, you, you guys are our people, you know. I mean, we're, we're Deuce and I are unabashed nerds. Like this is this is who we are. Like we wear we wear our love on our sleeve, and that's essentially what it is, you know. I mean. If we were to turn the camera around the other way in the studio, you'll see all the merch and memorabilia of Star Wars and everything and all this stuff. Like we're 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 just unabashed nerds and I feel like, you know, it's it was so easy to connect with you guys. So it's you know, it was really Well, easy. I'm glad you feel that way. I'm 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 glad that you could see why we all connected so deeply and genuinely with each other and why like I mean, our cast is full of so much love and like that's why so many people came out for Denver Comic Con is because we all really just connect with each other and we're there for each other. So and that I'm glad that you guys packed. have got like the pictures I saw. It was totally packed. Like you packed out the house. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really exciting. Um, and I mean, some of our panels were really fun. I mean, I think my favorite one. I'm a little biased, but my favorite one was Women in Nerddom. That one went really really well. Um, but the family feud one we did, uh, where nerd feud, no copyright infringement. <laughs> um, Jonathan wrote an actual program for it and went around the con and polled people. Like we passed out things and people could answer, um, you, you know, these questions and you know how family feud works. So yeah. people answered these questions and we all played the game together and it, it was, it, it just, went off without a hitch and like i mean i'm sure he was stressed about it not working but it ended up working exactly how we wanted it to and we did team smash versus hulavu and the audience <laughs> loved it and it, it was just really fun it was like watching another little nerd war that's awesome that's really cool well that yeah. that's awesome uh, our next question we've got for you is how is everything going with your your patron and your cosplay and all that because i've been really really excited about that personally yeah, yeah. So, um, it's Patreon, which Patreon. is really funny because I, 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 I,
Well, I call it Patron because I'm a raging alcoholic, and, and that's my favorite tequila. So it's like, oh, yeah, the Patron. You know, Lily's over there doing the Patron. <laughs> yeah, no, I call it that jokingly sometimes. So, um, yeah, so the last video I put out was um, at the end of March. And then I'm going to, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be like too defensive, but I had. A, a struggle of a month and um i i'm really excited to get back into it because cosplay like makes me really happy and everything but um i definitely i had some issues i had a um a boyfriend that was in Kathmandu as well as my aunt during the earthquake so i was dealing with a lot of that um i was dealing with the end of the school year at the school i work at um i got bronchitis mm. um i dealt with some other personal things um some sad things and I'm I'm like coming out of that right now I'm getting over a cough I'm getting over sad heart I'm getting over all sorts of things I'm really excited to get back into cosplay so that's like just my tiny little I'm really sorry that I didn't put anything out this month and I'm sorry if my cosplay page has not been as vibrant as it used to be but I'm uh I I had I had a hard month and now I'm excited to get back into it so this is a great way to start it is like interviewing with you guys and just starting having this really good summer. I'm training for a 10K. I'm going to start like two more costumes and I'm getting back into filming. I already started filming again. So I'm, yeah, it's going to be good. (laughs) Good things. Can you sneak peek or give us any hints about maybe what the next costume is going to be? Ooh, well, (laughs) this audio. So yeah, you can show us, but we won't say anything. (laughs) You want me to actually show you? No, 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 I'm just kidding. You don't have no, to, no. Uh, but we. I just kind of <laughs> want to know because I've been super excited because I've been, like, seeing your Twitter feed and looking at your Facebook page, yeah. and, like, the last costume I saw was the one for the Buffy the Vampire Slayer con you did. Oh, Cordelia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which was awesome. And, like, I was like, that's yeah. great. So, like, anytime. I made that in less than 20, like, Less than 24 hours. How did wow. You do that? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Worked her magic. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, because that's nuts yeah. doing it that quick. Well, I was at Heather's and I was like, ah, what are we going to wear to Starfest? What are we going to, what are we going to wear? And I was like, you know, what would be really cool if we wore, I'm not even going to tell you. I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to make what we're going to wear to Starfest. See you soon. <laughs> I went home. Um, cause I already had the fabric for it because it's a costume that I joked about doing with someone else a long time ago. So I had all the fabric for it and I used to, um, I had come to a stopping point in it because I couldn't find a pattern for the dress. Like I couldn't find a pattern that was Cordelia's dress, um, the way it looked on the show. And then I was like, you know what? I don't need a pattern. I don't need it. And then I just stinking patterns. Yeah. <laughs> And if you see my Instagram of it, when I first just hung the fabric, I just put green fabric on my mannequin. And then I just started squeezing it in places and pinning it in places. And I pinned it all around this mannequin and I made a freaking dress, man. Like, I didn't know I could do that. And it looks really good. And like, if I take more. It looked amazing. Like, I thought it was fabulous. (laughs) Like, when I saw it on my Twitter feed, I'm like, holy shit. Like it, I was really just blown away by it personally. That and the makeup because you guys spend time making a good version of it. Yeah, because it's like 
quickly. Well, <laughs> I mean, it looked awesome, and you even had, like, soot on it, and, like, you had soot on yourself. Yeah. Like, you guys did it, like, you went all out. Like, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I just was super impressed. So I can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah. And of course, I that's... was excited because Charisma Carpenter, the actress who plays Cordelia Chase, retweeted that picture. And oh, I was like, wow. that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, of course, uh, your Lilatron cosplay on Instagram as well for those folks uh-huh. listening at home. So definitely uh, go give her a like and, and follow her and stuff. So Yeah. I'll uh, be posting as I work on it more. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we always like to try to retweet and reshare any of your videos and stuff like that. So people will be seeing, you know, once you post stuff. Uh, w- tell us about the 10K. I mean, is that something you've always wanted to do or is that something you've, you know, what's, what's, what's the history oh, behind that? That's really sweet of you to actually ask about. Um, I have never been a very fit person. I mean, like I'm, I'm thin and I'm, I'm thin as a twig, but um, I can't do a push up. And I can't touch my toes. So I'm, I'm definitely, I, I was never like into sports at all, obviously, like that comes with kind of like the nerdy side of me. Um, and so this summer I was like, I'm going to make a change in my life. I'm going to prove something to myself and I'm going to start running because running is very difficult for me. Um, I had asthma growing up. I like had an inhaler and everything and um, it's fun that I decided to start training for this as I'm getting over bronchitis, but (laughs) I've been running. I ran almost four miles today in intervals of walking and running. And um, I was, I, I mean, that proved something to myself already. So I was looking at a few 10 Ks. There's a Disney one, but it looked uh, full. And then there was like a star Wars one at Disneyland, but that's in February. And I was kind of hoping to move out of the country by then. So I'm actually, it's up in the air. So people who are listening to this, I'm trying to pick a 10K. One in Denver would be nice so I don't have to buy a plane ticket, but a Star Wars 10K sounds pretty cool. It does, but speaking of sound, are pretty cool because you dropped the landmine and I'm not going to let you just pass over it. Did you just say you were about to move out of the country? Oh, yes. I'm moving to Nepal in December. Wow. Like Nepal, Nepal? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't even point to that on a map. So <laughs> that's like way over there. It's right above India. Wow. It's like a sandwich between. Like full time moving or, or. Um, for at least a year. If oh, not wow. two. Awesome. I've spent, uh, three summers out there. Um, so I've spent a lot of time out there. I've worked in schools out there and I've worked at a, um, home that my aunt runs and it has like 40 kids. And I loved it out there. So I wanted to move. My first trip out there was like 2010 or something. So um, I've just been dying to go back for a long time. And this seems like the time in my life to do it. I actually, I had all the plans to move out there and like a job lined up and everything. And then the earthquake happened. And I was like, oh, I hope I still have that job. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, along with a lot of other worries, obviously. Right. Um, well, but let me ask I want- you this question because this comes just so you kind of know where I'm coming from. I've lived in the state of Florida my whole life. I've left the state maybe only a dozen times. I've only left oh. the country to go to Mexico. Uh, I've never ever left, you know, the continental U.S. or you know this continent. I've never gone to that side of the world. So to pick up everything and say. I'm leaving for a year. 
number one, yeah. kudos. I'm proud of you. That is like the coolest. I wish I had the cojones <laughs> to pull something off like that. Uh, but two, like, what was kind of like the the Oedipus of just being like, you know what? I'm packing my stuff. We're going to Nepal. Um, I love traveling. I love traveling. I've, I've been very fortunate enough that I think my family has put more stock in traveling than anything else in my life. So like I have a car without air conditioning, but I got to go to, uh, England when I was nine. So like, you know, it's like, we put things into travel as opposed to other places that we could put money. So um, I've gotten to travel so much. And for me, I found myself most out of my comfort zone when I first went to Asia. Um, and I'm, I'm just kind of addicted to it. I'm, I'm addicted to that traveling world. I, I've made some of my closest friends while traveling, um, especially traveling in Asia. You, you make these friends, these international friends that like, I don't know, you connect to on a deeper level than just, you know, living down the street from one another or liking the same pasta as each other because you have to connect at a deeper level when you're in a different country. So, Well, you kind of got to um, watch after each other. It's kind of like, and, and, I, and I use this very, very loosely, it's kind of that war buddy bond. Like you're watching after each other's backs, especially if you're in a brand new place, a whole other country especially if you don't speak the language very well, you've got to watch after each other's backs because something bad could happen. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always, I mean, the, the first, the first, second and third time I was in Nepal, they were having issues with the government and they were having bondas every day, which is like where you can't, you can't drive around in a car. It's, it's like a giant protest. And like, if you're on a bus, Nepalis are so sweet. Like they won't, nobody will like physically hurt you, but they'll set the car on fire. They're like, everybody get out of the car and then set it on fire. Well, <laughs> um, at least not- they're nice enough to let you get out the car first. I mean, you know, yeah, that, that's no, nice. Exactly. You know, It's a protest. It's yeah. not meant to hurt anyone. That's what a bond is. So, um, and that's obviously not all Nepalis, but like the, the um, group that was protesting at the time, Wanda, yeah. you know, um, things like that. So, you know, there's like times of unrest, but I will say that like, I feel incredibly safe in Kathmandu. I I feel safer in Kathmandu than I would in LA. Like, really? I don't know. The people there are very, very kind. I mean, when you first show up to a house in Nepal, they're like, have you eaten? That's like their greeting. And I don't know. The Nepali people are just very, very kind and um, warm hearted. And um, I love the culture. I love the music. I love the dancing. I love the mountains. I love the rain. I just, oh, God, I can't wait to move there. You're getting me so excited. Well, that's awesome. Like, I'm excited for you because, like I said, I, you know, I, the, the furthest I've ever left the country is, you know, Mexico. And now that I'm thinking about it, I have done some of, the, like, the Caribbean <coughs> islands. And those were all on cruises, so you're on a cruise boat. Sure. I don't. I don't really count that as like going somewhere. I want you to leave your comfort zone. Yeah. I want no, you to oh, go but back. see, Lily, here's the problem. Like, I I like my comfort zone. I'm very comfortable in it. Like, I don't like <laughs> leaving it because it gets me very scared. Like, it gives me anxiety getting out of my comfort zone. So do like going to Nepal. Like, oh my god, I don't. I couldn't do it. Like, there's no way. And on top of that, I can't even fly. So like, oh, I'd have yeah. to get on a boat. Like, like that would be the longest boat ride ever. So. Um, sure. But oh man, I, I uh, that's so awesome. Which, by the way, they're called Nepalis. Is that the name for the people in Nepal? Yeah, yeah, the Nepali people. Yes, yeah. awesome. And then, like, 
I mean, I've heard it used interchangeably over there for the language. You can say Nepali or Nepalese. I feel like it's beautiful, but Nepali is probably used more. This episode of Happy Hour brought to you by Nepal and Deuce learning about <laughs> geography. Actually, <laughs> if, if, I wanna, if, I, if, if this episode is actually brought to you by Nepal, um, I have posted a few, well, I've, I've tweeted a few um, uh, links to Global Giving um, and Amagar. The AMA Foundation is the foundation that my aunt is a part of. It's an all-volunteer board, so all money that you send to this foundation goes straight to the rebuilding effort after the earthquake. It doesn't go to any board members because it's all volunteer based. So if you look up Amagar on global giving and the AMA foundation, well, like awesome. you know your money's going to a good place. Well, awesome. <laughs> and definitely send us the info on that because we'll link it with the episode so people okay. can send donations because that's awesome. Like, you know, they yeah. just had the big earthquake and that would, that would be awesome <laughs> to help them out there. So if We'll throw this question out there since we've gotten the, the question of travel. If there was any other place, Lily, where you had to – it's like, okay, you've got to pack your bags right now. You've got to go. You've got to live there for one year, and it's not Nepal. Where would it be? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, ooh. I love Singapore. <laughs> Have you been yeah. to Singapore before? I yeah, I've been <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like this is amazes me because I don't go well, anywhere. Deuce, like, deuce, okay, hold on. I, I'll let me chime in real quick. <clears throat> my my son's graduating preschool tomorrow, so he's which yeah. his son in preschool probably knows more geography than I do. <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, so I had to put him down. He was getting a little bit nervous or whatever because it's tomorrow and he's couldn't sleep. So, anyways, um, I. I'm like with Deuce. I, I I was born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So uh, yeah. and then we moved to Florida, and I've been in Florida for 20 years. I've only gone on a cruise to like the Bahamas. I yeah, think that's yeah. that's about it. I mean, I mean, yeah. I've been throughout the U.S., but I've never been outside the country either. Yeah. So this is like foreign to Deuce and yeah, I. Like, we like don't, I don't get it. Like no. to me, it would scare just the absolute poo out of me because like I don't oh. know how to speak the language. I can't bring a firearm. Like I just like it would scare me to death. Well, I think you would be surprised at how many people in the world speak English. It's like, you know, the language of business. So it's, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people speak English, uh, especially in Singapore. I don't really? I don't think you're going to find anyone in Singapore who doesn't really speak English. Um, Americans are very, um, I, I love being American. And like, I have traveled all around the world and I am proud of being American. Like, I know there are things that every country can improve on, but like, I'm proud of being an American. And um, one of the things I think we could improve on is multiculturalism in general in the school system. Um, because so many other countries, you're learning about lots of different cultures and lots of different languages. I taught at a school in London for a week, and there was a kid in that like third grade classroom who could speak five different languages wow. and had been to 22 different countries. And I was like, wah. <laughs> so so many really other ignorant right now like ignorant <laughs> well, and very dumb <laughs> at the same time <laughs> i mean that's the thing is that like people have this stereotype about americans and that they're ignorant because they don't know a lot about other cultures and that's kind of a choice that america has made so i don't know i don't know what's good or bad but i do know that you would be surprised if you went to Asia. Most people speak English and also two other languages. So, yeah. 
Yeah, we're just shaking our heads. And on that note, while I try to get all my thoughts together, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Yep. And of course, we have the amazing Lily Rutledge Ellison here um, from season three of TBS's King of the Nerds. And she's an amazing cosplayer, does amazing things. Check her workout. Uh, she's on Twitter at Lilatron22. Uh, and then she's also Instagram, Lilatron. Okay, Lilatron Cosplay on Instagram. Uh, and then where, where, where else can people find you on the internet? Um. I I suppose you can find me. I guess we talked about Facebook. You can find me Lilatron Cosplay, Twitter Lilatron Twenty Two, and Instagram Lilatron Cosplay. That sounds all about right to me. I mean, I have a Tumblr, but I don't use it that okay. well. Yeah, we we have one too. We we just throw our episodes on there. We don't really interact too much on there, but yeah, we got a MySpace. Yeah, we have a MySpace. And we have a uh, Live Journal, <laughs> and uh, what else? We have Friendster. I mean, we <laughs> we're doing what all the cool kids are doing. Pinterest, yeah. you know. Yep, yep. We're everywhere. You can. Uh, Tweet elitin with Tweet cool kids. Yeah, we're Twitter pated. You know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's all new to me. All the yeah. stuff, all the uh, the tweeting and the and the Facebooking. But speaking of new and new to everybody else, uh, we talked to you on another episode, and I kind of wanted to get your opinion about this. You had said because you were a big fan of Game of Thrones that you were not going to watch this season <laughs> because they had gotten ahead of the books. Uh huh. My question to you is this: Now that the season is starting, because that was before the season started here. Now that uh-huh. the season has started to air, how's everything going with that? And how's everything going with being able to block off hearing things? And, like, how's that going? I don't know. How is it going? I'm not watching it, man. <laughs> well, I just didn't know because, like, it's so pervasive because I'm, I'm sort of slowly becoming a Twitterholic. And, like, if you're on Twitter, especially if you're on Twitter, like, Sunday or Monday – it's blowing out your feed. Like you can't like well, so far, miss it. nothing has nothing has come out that I don't know because I read the books, right? Okay. Right. So nothing the the big the I mean there's a few reasons I'm not watching season five. Um one of the one of the bigger reasons is that George was like just so you know, season five is gonna spoil things for the book readers and I was like, okay, bye. Um but you know, the other reasons being it's diverting a lot. And while I'm comfortable to a level with that, I'm, I just don't, I don't want to see that if it's going to be new stuff that is not in the books yet. I, I'm, I'm not ready to make that distinction. And then the third thing, which I'm fine that I'm already boycotting it is that it's crossing some boundaries I'm hearing about. And I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm not watching it, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, Nothing has come out so far. I mean, I've heard some of the things like they changed, they changed some characters to be another character. They're putting one character through something she didn't actually go through. They're doing some stuff, and I, yeah, I'm not watching it. I'm really excited for Winds of Winter to come out. 
Yeah. Well, here's my thing, and, and I'm not a book reader, so take this with a huge grain of salt. I just have this really strong theory that the TV show is going to make a hard right and George R. R. Martin's going to make a hard left. Like, I think yeah. once it's all said and done, once he's done and he's written all the books and Game of Thrones, the TV show's over with, they're going to be two totally separate products. Does that make sense? Yes, I think that is also what is going to happen, which is going to be really funny because I'm excited to see who the show, like, puts on the throne in the end yeah versus the book because i have i have a good idea of what's going to happen in the books like there are so many awesome fan theories that you guys could get into but i have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen so i don't know what they're going to do with the show to be the opposite of that because they've maybe it'll be sansa that'll be great that would (laughs) and see that's the thing it could really I feel like with a TV show, it could really go anywhere and do anything because now that they've gotten past the books, I feel like they're not as uh, uh, chained to or handcuffed to uh, what the books did. So I feel like they can go whatever the direction they want, but I think both are going to end in two totally separate places. It reminds me a lot of True Blood. Like the True Blood books and the True Blood TV show are night and day different. You know, and I think the same thing's going to be said once Game of Thrones, the books and the show wrap. I think they're both going to be night and day different. Yeah, I, I well, my my two cents. I haven't. I've only seen the pilot for uh, of this season, whatever season. Yeah, because we watched it all with Rachel and Ori when they were at the house. Yeah. Say what now? I I did see. I was on Instagram looking at costumes, and because I I am interested, even if I'm not watching the show, I want to see what costume choices they're making. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at costumes, and uh, I ended up seeing the casting for Young Cersei in the Maggie the Frog scene, and I was like, oh, Young Cersei in my heart. <laughs> um, so I was excited just to see a picture of that um, because I'm. That's just a really cool prophecy. I don't even know if they did the whole prophecy on the show. Um, cause it's a very long prophecy, but, um, I was asking if, if that was in the pilot. Was that in the pilot? I don't, I no, that I don't was think the, so. the, the, what no. you're talking about showed up like one or two episodes ago. So it was not in the pilot. So I want to say it was an episode like three or four where they showed her as a, a young girl in the woods. Um, yes. with Maggie the frog. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've only uh, seen I, the I, I don't first know episode, either. So. I just remembered she went in the woods and met a witch and, the witch told yeah. her a bunch of stuff, and I'm like, uh, I don't know about all this. Like, it, it made me very uncomfortable and woozy. So, but it, it was, I mean, I, I've been enjoying the show so far. I'm a big fan of the show. Some of it goes over my head, but I, I like it. It's fun. It's my it's my Sunday night, you know. It's not TV, it's HBO. So. You know what I saw at Barnes & Noble last night that made me really upset? Um there was a whole table of Game of Thrones things for people to like get into reading the books, right? Like they had the books and like the pop vinyl figures and all this stuff. And then there was this little black book that said In Memoriam. And I was like, In Memoriam? Uh-oh. What? Is it going to be like a book of every character that's ever died? And I opened it up and it totally was. And I was like, what is this doing next to the books for people who want to like start this series? Wow. There are, it's like a book of spoilers. Like if you wanted a book of spoilers, <laughs> someone you just hand them this book. And you flip through it, and you're like, oh, my God, like, this is up to date. Wow. That's wow. Nice. The really funny thing, though, is that Beric Dondarrion is in it, like, five times. Because I saw his face, and then I saw his face again, and I saw his face again, and I was laughing so hard because I was like, wait, why is he? Oh, it's because it's Beric, and he died five times. Yeah. 
Well, Good speak, joke. Speak, speaking Editors. of television shows, it's like I, I Deuce and I we've been a big fans <coughs> of uh, Daredevil. Did you have you seen Daredevil, the television show yet? I haven't watched it yet because I just um, binge watched seasons one of two in Orphan Black, and I just watched Kimmy Schmidt. So like I, I'm trying to Kimmy Schmidt is my favorite Kimmy show Schmidt. ever. It's so good. <laughs> we love Netflix because it's like there's they're, they're putting out some amazing original programming and like people are taking oh, yeah. it seriously as a you know I wouldn't call it like a network but it sort of is now you know people are yeah. you know putting amazing high quality you know shows that are like HBO and Showtime isn't the only networks now that can put out amazing original content you know House of Cards and Orange is the New Black I could go on it's amazing yeah. you know yeah. the bang for the buck for the money you have is, I mean it's yeah. awesome what is it like nine dollars a month or yeah, something? Yeah, streaming, it's like nine ninety nine. Yeah, so, I mean you can't beat that, especially with all the television you get and all the choices. Which the only thing that makes me mad is when you watch three episodes, it's like, are you still watching this? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, Netflix. I still haven't gotten my shit together. So would you mind just just quit telling me like, hey, fat ass, you've sat on the couch for three hours. <laughs> like, would you just go ahead and just play the next episode? Yeah. Yes, I'm still watching. And what's funny, I love to go on marathon shows, so that's probably why I'm gonna wait to season five of Game of Thrones ends, uh, yeah. ends before, because that's what. Yeah, just that's go, funny. go through the whole thing, and that, that's why we call it. The, what Deuce and I have coined the Netflix model is like that's what they do. They throw out the whole season there for you to watch at your leisure. <laughs> I kind of prefer that than waiting week to week for you know for a show to air. Oh yeah. Well, I think that's the way that most media is being consumed now because it's on demand. You know, it's like when you need to watch it. When I have the time to watch a season of a show, I will use it, right? Right. So, like, I was sick. This is kind of embarrassing. I was sick for two days uh, this last week, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to rest. I'm going to lay in bed and rest. And one day I watched one season of Orphan Black, and the next day I watched the second season of Orphan Black, which is a lot of media to consume. Well, no, don't feel bad because it's actually funny you say that. Like, everybody told me how good Orphan Black was, and I had been taping the first season, and I didn't watch it, didn't watch it, didn't watch it because it was on, like, the same night as Doctor Who. So I'd watch Doctor Who, tape it, leave it alone. I had, like, six episodes in a row of the first season, and then I had gotten strep throat. And I was like, all right, I've got to rest up. And I watched, like, the first episode, and I'm like, I'm in love with this show. But it yeah. also taught me something. With that show, <clears throat> I will not watch it if I have any less than four episodes because I, I like, got to, like, power through them. So, like, I, if I have one episode in the DVR box, it's going to wait until I have at least four so I can just, like, power through them because I can't wait. Like, I'm just – when you're done with one, you're like, no, I want to – no. Like, there's more stuff I need to know the answers I know, to. Yeah, especially with that show. Like, I have season three to watch, but I have to wait until I have an entire day because I'm yeah. going to watch the Well, that's the same day. thing with me. I, I've I watched season one, season two. I've got all of season three sitting on my DVR box at the house, and there's a 50-50 chance that might happen this Saturday is I might power <laughs> through that before the hockey game. Um, yeah, but, well, yeah. Tatiana – Tatiana Mazale, is that his name? Tatiana – yeah, she, wow, what an actress. Man, like she's stellar. And how she can do all those roles and keep them all separate. She's the same person like I do. In my mind, it's like, you know, this cast of, what, seven seven people? Yeah. When really it's like three? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And it blows your mind. And I, I was watching a lot of behind-the-scenes specials because – 
I at one time thought myself to be an actor and was wanting to become an actor. So anytime I can kind of get under the learning tree and learn about acting and the craft, I always listen. And she was saying basically she's got an iPod for each character. And whenever she gets has to play that character, she puts the iPod for that character on and listens to it for an hour before she does the scenes. And each iPod for each character has a certain playlist. So, like, she'll listen to, like, a certain playlist of songs for one of the characters, and then it's like, oh, well, now you got to play this other character. Well, then she'll pick up that iPod for that oh, one. What did she to listen it. to when she had to be one character pretending to be, be the other character. character, pretending to be someone else? Like, oh, ah. yeah. Like, and she does that multiple times. Like, at the, at the party where the, the one girl passed out because she took too many pills and drank too much wine, and she had to yeah. pretend to be her. And the I'm, one um, in rehab was the one that really got me, oh, where, like, yeah. she, she was acting, she was trying to pretend to be the husband as the one person, but she's pretending to be that person. It was, like, it's, just crazy. Yeah, it's totally a mind screw. Like, it's like, oh, man. it And it's such a good show, but for me, like I said, it's just one of those shows... It's kind of like uh, the Lay's potato chips. You can't have just one. Like I've got to, I've got to have like three or four to be able to be satisfied. <laughs> wow, I have not seen Orphan Black actually. Uh, where can I find well, it? Have to. Yeah, well, I, I would try Hulu since you've got Hulu Plus. I would try and stab out there first because something okay. tells me it's probably on there. But it's uh, BBC America puts it out. Oh, oh it's on go. Amazon. Yeah. Okay, I have Amazon oh, Prime. Oh, you got Amazon Prime. So, okay, yeah, you can you can knock that out. Okay, I'll yeah, check it out. I, I mean, it's for me. I paid for the episodes, and it was like that's worth sixteen dollars to me. Is the season? Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely want to yeah, check it out. Plus, you're good. Yeah. yeah. Your wife will love it. I really think your wife will like it a lot. So well, it'll be a good show. My wife and I were marathon. We're we're binge watching Supernatural because we've never seen Supernatural, and we've we've been uh, watching Supernatural for like these last three months. Now we're on season seven, almost done with season seven, and starting season eight. So. Just we have kids, you know, and obviously that has a little bit of a difficulty when you have kids. You can't just watch anytime you want. So you've got to have like a dedicated yes. block of time that you can watch stuff. So usually, like when Game of Thrones, we we were so far behind that we were like, all right, well let's let's devote like two or three hours a night, and we need to like four nights at what was it like? Dude, you binge watch like three seasons in like a week and a half. Yeah, like, it was it crazy. Was, uh, nuts. Yeah, nuts. Yeah, so like yeah, so I, I felt like with any show, I, I just prefer the binge watching method. I, that I. You, you retain a lot more, I think, because like when we go from season one, two, and three of Game of Thrones, I was like, hey, I, I remember everything. But sometimes when you're week to week, you kind of forget some stuff. I don't know if oh, it's sure. just, yeah. So I don't know. Um, I actually had a question about movies, real quick. Uh, what what have you seen? What have you not seen? Uh, what's what's stuff that you've liked in theaters this year? Oh, I know the answer to this question. Cause I know he knows the answer to this question <laughs> because like, the obvious answer that I'm just going to start talking about and like babbling about is Mad Max Fury Road. The most metal movie of the century. I'm waiting for I, your cosplay. Like, I'm totally, like, <laughs> I've been waiting for two weeks to for you to have, like, you know, the black paint that you're going to paint your face with and work on it on. Yeah, and work I it on that, that, that animatronic freaking arm thing. Like, I'm, I'm just <laughs> waiting yeah, for pictures. Yeah. Disabled. She was a disabled. I mean, it's questionable. I, I think that, I, I think that they infer enough that her heritage is uh native american in a way but like like a disabled native american woman being the main character like i can't you guys can't i like i could talk about this for hours but um i i'm someone who who loves things that are 
metal like to a comedic level so like i'm a big fan of metalocalypse oh yeah who is <laughs> and, it that's great yeah yeah so i i was having a very hard day um actually um i was having a very very difficult day and instead of like crying i was like buck up i'm gonna go see mad max fury road and i went and i was in the theater by myself because <laughs> it was the middle of the day and I just sat there and I had this big smile on my face. And like, when I basically died, was like, it was already pretty metal, right? And then like, you just see the cars coming over the horizon. You hear this da 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 And like, then you see the drum line on the back of this truck and it's like a whole truck of amps and the doof warrior in his red jumpsuit and he's like a puppet on strings and he has a double neck chrome guitar and it started flowing flames, started throwing flames and I was just like, are you kidding me? But there's no one in the theater. <laughs> the best thing I've ever seen. This is so metal. Like, you haven't seen oh it, have you? I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Jason, I haven't I, seen yeah. it yet. We haven't seen it yet, uh, so... That's not a spoiler. Yeah. No, no, no. no, no. I'm just saying we, we haven't seen, seen it. No, no, no. We, I mean, we just were saying for the sake of argument that we haven't seen it. Now, it's on my to-do list. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, yeah. I know me and Johnny personally, our dance cards with the show and, and personal stuff. I mean, you've had work and the kids. I've had, you know, the show and some other stuff going on. Our dance cards have been a little full, but it's on my to-do list. And hopefully, if not this weekend, maybe next weekend. I'm kind of actually kicking around maybe going to see it before I go see Huey Lewis in the news next weekend, but uh, I don't know if my, my weekend can handle that much rock. Huey <laughs> Lewis in the news and Mad Max. I don't I don't know. Want to go back in time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, would I would recommend seeing it in 3D, too, if you can. Like, I actually don't like 3D movies. Right. And I only went to see that one in 3D because it was the soonest showing, and I was like, I need a movie right now. Yeah. Um, so I – a dramamine because i get motion sickness i watched it in 3d and it was really awesome and it was so awesome that later that night i went over to heather's house and i was like oh heather this movie you have to see it she was like do you want to go see it right now and i was like yes i do <laughs> is that where you took the picture i love the picture of you on twitter you're in front of the thing and you're like this is so metal and you're throwing up like the <laughs> devil horns and you're like yeah metal <laughs> It is, it's probably one of my favorite pictures of you because you're all like, yeah. I couldn't even handle it. It was so brutal. Like, oh my gosh. It was, I, I'm in love with it. I'm in love with that movie. I could talk about it forever. I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. Yeah, but It's the highest yeah. highest reviewed movie on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's like my go to site for movie reviews because they, they it's an aggregate site. They take all the you know reviews from critics and stuff like that, and they throw it in there. It's sitting at a ninety percent right now, uh, which is you know the highest movie I so far. Believe it, yeah, no, it's I'm not gonna spoil anything. It's great. Have you seen Age of Ultron yet? I did see Age of Ultron. We have yeah. too, so we could talk yeah. about it then. We could talk about okay. it. I want to get your thoughts on a few things because uh, Joss Whedon, who obviously you and Deuce and I, we love Joss Whedon, Buffy and all yes. that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, he uh, quit Twitter <coughs> recently um, because of all the yes. backlash he got uh, from um, the Scarlet, not Scarlet Witch, a Black, Black, Black uh, Widow. A Black Widow. Yeah. And so, like, I wanted to get your thoughts as a female. I wanted to get your take on, you know, what did you think about all that backlash? Well, I really wanted to go into the movie uh, blank. I like to do that with movies, especially when they're receiving uh, 
uh, mixed reviews of sorts. Um, but unfortunately I didn't get to, and I, uh, ran into a situation where I had, I, there were a lot of people talking about a lot of different elements and I didn't get to go into it blank. So when I went into it, I was like, okay, I know what the arguments are. And I was really ready to be like, and that's not really a big deal. And then I watched it and I was like, oh man, oh man. Like he could have actually made better choices. Well, see, I don't, I don't blame Joss Whedon though, because I mean, you think about in the end, like he even said, he's been quoted as saying that his original script for the movie isn't what he saw at the, at the, you know, cutting board, you know, the cutting room or whatever. Like yeah. there, he, you have a lot of executives that you have to like, you know, make happy and, you know, Marvel. This is and, what I said. This is what I said. Sure. So I was, I was in this group of people and I was like, okay, but like, while you guys are talking about this, like, let's keep in mind, like he's the director, right? Like he's not the story. And then it was like, let's look up who the screenplay was written by. And we looked it up. And it was Joss Whedon. And I was like, shit. <laughs> so <clears throat> while there are executives that like, you know, get to make these choices, Joss Whedon has enough pull. He has enough pull to say no to certain things. And <clears throat> I think one of the things that didn't actually get touched on um, in the controversy enough was um, the joke about, no, I can't say it's Latin. Uh, what is it? Primus Nocturne? Nocturne. And we're gonna go spoilers here, just in case. Yeah, because we, we spoiler so spo- spoiler uh, spoiler warning for you about to listen here. Uh, we're gonna kind of no. Get the spoilers. I don't feel like I don't feel like this is a spoiler. Um, right. Well, I, I kind of want to get into it a little bit. Uh, some spoiler stuff because yeah. I had some questions, direct questions for you about some things. So oh, okay. So spoiler warning sure. for listening uh, at home. So we're gonna go into spoiler so territory. The right. It's prima prima noctis, and it's it's the right to first night, and I'm sure both of you have seen Braveheart, so you know oh, what yeah. the right to night is, and it was um, a British lord's, um, or I mean, I think it it went back farther than that, but it was used brutally um, during the wars between Scotland and England um, to try and breed Scotsmen out by um, having British lords impregnate all of the Scottish women whenever they got married. Right. So it's disgusting, and it's a rape joke that Tony Stark makes, and he says, well, if I rule Asgard, I'm going to reinstate Prima Nocter first. And I was like, whoa, like, Tony Stark, no, don't say that. That's so rapey. Don't say that. What a terrible thing to say. <clears throat> so it's things like that. It's like a little line like that wasn't even a plot point in the movie that Joss Whedon could be like, mm, no, you know? Well, I just felt like it was, it was so out of left field because, like, Joss Whedon is the from all of his other works, like he's the polar opposite. He he is pro female. Like he, you know, think about all the females. He like you know, with Dollhouse and Buffy, like they're strong characters, strong female yeah. characters. You know, and that you know, mm-hmm. I I feel like I don't know. I I me personally, like my wife and I were kind of talking about it. Like she, I'm not trying to speak for her, but like she she didn't see as much of an issue with it. Like. You know, it's just a movie. Go out and have fun, whatever. I think a lot of people overanalyze yeah, things a little bit and like and try to take it too much. Like, it's just just be a fun popcorn movie, right? And I think a lot of people kind of come on with their movie critic review, and 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 my wife is, I would say she's a feminist, but she definitely is for women right, women's rights and stuff like that. But she's all, hey, you know, yeah, she thinks it's a feminist. Are you guys just don't talk. Yeah, so <laughs> let's, let's let's bring the dummy in the room up to speed. So, what was the controversy? 
Well, I think a lot has to do a lot of it with, um, you know, how they kind of shoehorned a love story in there. Yeah, you know? with the Hulk and Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I actually liked their story. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't nice. have it. I didn't have an issue with it. But I guess they. She was kind of sexy and like she was chained up and like there's a lot of different things you know that that people really? were really getting on about it. And th- I mean, there's a li- there's a list of it, but the main thing was that they, you know, because she was the only female in there, <coughs> like. Because she came across as you know, before in the first movie, she was very strong and all that. But I personally think yeah. there's not a lot of you don't know a lot about her. You know, like she was she didn't have her own movie, right? Everyone else did, so you kind of had a they had to throw in some story in there. And I actually didn't mind her backstory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Controversy on its own, right? Yeah. So oh, I, yeah. I liked her. I kind of was intrigued yeah, more about who she. Yeah. Say that again. Um, yeah, well, I mean, uh, a part of the controversy is I, I'm sure that both of you have seen the SNL sketch at this point about the Black Widow movie. Oh, um, uh, yeah, was, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, Marvel knows women because uh, the unfortunate thing, which, oh, man, I'm so excited for you guys to see Mad Max Fury Road, um, because if you want to know how to make a movie where like women actually make decisions and have thoughts, go see Mad Max Fury Road. If you want to see a movie where every line that a woman has is either about like, like she, so I, the, the, the real problem with Black Widow in Age of Ultron, which was not as much of a problem in the original Avengers, is that she doesn't do anything to advance the plot. She doesn't make a decision for the group. She doesn't. Um, it's, it, I'm, I'm sure that you guys have heard of the Betchel test, but there's another one that's a joke, and it's called the sexy lamp test. And it's could would the movie be different if she was replaced with a sexy lamp? <laughs> and it's like, oh well, she punches things. Well, you could hit someone with a sexy lamp, right? Um, but she doesn't. She doesn't convince anyone to do anything. She doesn't change any outcome so like every line she has is either in regards to like um uh like something personal that she's going through or the hulk right and that was everyone's problem with the love story well was one the joke is that marvel's like well if we're gonna have a girl it has to have a love story right which like okay all right and that was the rom-com snl parody because it's like marvel knows women everyone wants to see a love story that's what will get ladies into this movie not what got ladies into the first avengers which was just that it was a very well-written movie um the second thing being um oh what i don't i lost my train of thought so she's it's that she has to have this love story and it wasn't even like really thought out that well but it, it, it was unfortunate because when i went into it i was really i was ready to be like no you know everyone is overreacting and i went into it and i i just constantly became more and more disappointed as each of her lines didn't really progress anything forward and it was really just her biggest role in the movie was feeling sad about the hulk and that was sad like I, when you guys see Mad Max Fury Road, you guys are gonna be like, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> I don't this know. Is I, I like the love story with her. As see, a Hulk. I thought I, it was sweet. I I didn't. I don't know. Like I I didn't. Like I walked <laughs> out of it. Mo- I told my wife ahead of time, like, "Hey, there's gonna be some controversy. I want to get your thoughts as a female after we watch this." I didn't tell her what it was. 
And she comes back. She goes, what was the controversy? At first, she asked me that. Because what she said first was like, uh, before, and she's like, I didn't really care about the story, love story. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's part of it. And then she went on her phone and started reading some of the comments before making and stuff like that. Uh, I, see, I think overall, I, I agree with what you said earlier. I don't think the writing is as good as the first one. And I, and I feel like no, that it's, it's just it's just an okay movie. Like, it's, it's, it's yeah. you have like this, the Joss Whedon put the movie up so high, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like, he can't couldn't go any higher than Avengers. I I felt like he was not that he, he was, was set destined up. to fail. Well, I don't in know. my opinion. What you need to understand is that there's nothing wrong with having a love story in a movie, right? Here's the problem: is that what what the executives for this movie decided is that they could not have this movie without a love story. The other thing is like they have. There are there are actually a lot more female superheroes to choose from in the Marvel universe as opposed to the DC universe. Like, I mean, in the you have like because you know, of and Batwoman, and you know, and then you get people are more familiar with like the villains in the DC universe being women. But in the Marvel universe, there's actually like a lot more that you can choose from. And um, one for the first Avengers movie, Black Widow was an interesting choice because she doesn't actually have superpowers. So anyway, um, like they could have done Miss Marvel or something like that. Right. But it's that Black Widow is the only character that is a woman in the Avengers, the original one. I know that they added Scarlet Witch to this new one, but she also is kind of just a device for Ultron. Like, like they could have left Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch out of this movie. And I don't think anyone would have even noticed honestly. I agree. So um, with Black Widow, it's like, she's the only female character, and what do you do with a female character in a movie? Oh, you give her a love story. That's what you do, and that's what the SNL parody was about, is because it was like, this, it's a trope. It's like when when you read a book and you know the ending, or you're watching a TV show and you know what's gonna happen next, because they do it so many times. And what the controversy is about is it's like, come on, Joss Whedon, like, you know how to break tropes. Like, did you, did it have to be a love story that was her main plot device? Like, when you guys see Mad Max Fury Road, <laughs> you'll understand everything. So what, if we haven't heard anything at all that's going on tonight, we haven't learned anything, Deuce. We need to see Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, so yeah. So yeah. it is, uh, Lily yeah. approves that movie, so she gives her, she, <laughs> she gives, gives her, it. Five metal headbangs out of five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I. It'll yeah, melt your face. Yeah, it'll melt, melt your face. face. Uh, overall, yeah, I was just I was disappointed um, with Age of Ultron because I don't know if I with with the original Avengers like I wanted to see that movie again. I wanted to watch it again, and I bought it on Blu-ray, and I'm like, this is so good. It's so much fun, and yeah. you know. Age of Ultron, I, I'm not itching to go see it again. I don't know. Like, it's not putting me back into theaters like uh, the first Avengers did. So, yeah. So, yeah, it, it just kind of everything kind of fell flat. And it's like characters had arcs that maybe they didn't need. Um, I feel like they were trying to focus on too many characters at once, having too many struggles at once. Well, like, and I, I think, in my humble opinion, I think the studio probably stepped in a lot and gave them a lot of, like, ultimatums, like, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that. And also, you know, they've got the Marvel movies planned out, what, until now, 2020 or something? Like, if they've yeah, got them planned out so far that it's like, oh, you've got to have your own movie 
but you got to drop these six little nuggets for the next three too. So I think it puts yeah. a lot. Even though I love uh, Josh Whedon as a writer, I love him as a director. You put a lot of extra on somebody else's plate. It doesn't matter how good they are. It, it's going to throw a monkey wrench in it. Does that make any sense? Yep. Yeah, I don't think that he's in charge of the other ones, though. I think that he finished up with Age of Ultron. He did Avengers and Age of Ultron, and he was done. Yeah, he's, well, he's done as a director, but he's still on with Marvel, allegedly. Like a creative consultant. As a creative consultant and as an executive producer. So, like, when they do the scripts for Infinity War 1 and 2, like, he's going to have a rewrite of it. Like, they're going to send it to him. He's going to look it over, rewrite it, you know. He's going to have his fingers still in the pie, if you will, um, oh, which I like. I just have another trope. I'm okay. sorry, because I, I just have to bring it up, because you guys are going to laugh about it. Like, yeah. when you watch it again, you're going to be like, oh, my God, yeah, totally. What else do you do when you have a girl superhero in a movie? You put her in a cage to get saved, obviously. Who else is going to get captured? Well, it has to be Black Widow, right? Like, and, like, and that can happen. That can happen one, two, three, four, five times in movies. But when it happens... In every movie that there's a woman superhero in, it's like, oh, just get over yourselves. Just, like, put someone else in the cage. <laughs> because she's like a trained assassin. She could get out of that cage if she wanted to, but yeah. she gets saved. Whatever. I, I must have forgot that part. And the sad thing is <laughs> I, well, I, I watched the movie and I was sober. So, you and know. that's the thing. Yeah. I was ready to go into that movie and just forget it and be like, yeah, brain candy, popcorn, you know? See, that's what I did. I went in with my popcorn and my soda. I went at noon, so I hadn't started drinking yet. Yeah. Like, and I enjoyed myself. I had a good time, but I just took it as what it was. I was like, hey, I want to have a fun Saturday. I've had, like, four really hard working Saturdays in a row. Gosh darn it. Yeah. I'm going to have a fun Saturday, and I want to watch Hulk beat some shit up. I want Tony <laughs> Stark to have a bunch of cocktails like I usually do, and I want to see sh – Thor and Chris Helmsworth with their shirts off, which, by the way, that movie was missing a lot of shirtless Kaplan in America, by the way. Like, yes, that, yeah. I'm offended. Like, personally offended. <laughs> yep. Don't like it. <laughs> uh, let's give a couple of positive things that I did like in the movie. Uh, I liked how, because you already had all the exposition and character development in the previous films and the first <laughs> Avengers film, it literally started off with an action scene, and you know, it, so it got really into it right away. So you're already on the, you know, edge of your seat in the very beginning of the movie. I love some of the the choreographed fight scenes are really nice, uh, oh, especially yeah, yeah. with Captain America and Thor using the the hammer and the oh, shield yeah, to, together. To, to together. That was a cool. It kind of reminded me of like a video game, you know, like a side scrolling uh, like beat 'em up. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like, so th it looked good from a visual standpoint, you know. Yeah, definitely. I I, I was really excited about Vision. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, Vision was pretty great. Um, I liked the aesthetic choice of how they like designed him and everything. That was good. Um, I actually, um, I went and saw. Well, this is uh, this isn't positive, I guess, but the, I, I guess the doomsday, the doomsday of a city being lifted up and that was going to come and pummel the earth was pretty cool and pretty original, but I did go see the movie with someone who had just been in a pretty serious earthquake. Oh, and watching that movie, I'm I was sorry. like holding their yeah. hand and covering their eyes. And I was like, Oh my God, I didn't even think of this like post-traumatic stress. Oh man. But you didn't know that was going to happen. That's not your fault. It's not like, Hey, by the way, you just went through an uh, earthquake. You want to go see San Andreas? I heard that's pretty cool. Like, you know, yeah, no. 
It could have been a lot well, worse. Yeah, and then I told them when I was like, when you go see Mad Max Fury Road, just so you know, there's like two earthquake trailers, so just close your eyes. And th- there's also, uh, <laughs> one, I'm not going to lie, like, there's a shot where this building is exploding from the from the top to the bottom all the way down. And I was like, 9-11, right? Did you think that too? It was like the, oh, the building. Oh. There was some. There was this one woman with like blood on her face, and she's like in shock and horror for like a good ten seconds. And that it like, like watching that movie from the standpoint, like thinking about people who go to see movies with post traumatic stress. I had never thought about that before. Like how action movies must like really trigger things in some people. Like most, like probably veterans can't go see movies like that. It made me really sad. Well. Sorry. No, no, no. And actually, and then I got to speak from my own personal experience and having PTSD. There are certain movies that have triggered that, uh, where I'll be watching something <laughs> and something will happen, and I'll have to get up from the movie and leave. Like so, yeah, it, it will happen to people. So you know, and and that's the thing, though. I mean, I'm just one of those people. Like, I'm I'm gonna live my life. I'm not gonna let it hold me back. So it's like, if we were gonna go see a movie, I'm gonna go see a movie. Now, if I know. It's if I have a good feeling, it's gonna have something to trigger it. Like I'll be like, uh, I'm gonna pass. But nine times out of ten, I'll be like, oh, I'll go do it. But there's been a couple times, and it's been really weird the things that have triggered it. Some of the movies, like uh, one of them was the, what was the one with Katherine Heigl where she got uh she got married or, she's like fifty, not fifty first dates. It she was a bridesmaid all the time. She was always the the oh twenty seven dresses. Yeah, that triggered it. <laughs> so yeah, like I had to leave twenty seven dresses because there was this like big car accident in the middle, and I'm like, I gotta go, <laughs> like oh, right wow. in the middle. I'm like, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so it's really weird what'll trigger it, but it's like you know, you just go and make the best of it. If you gotta get up and go, you gotta get up and go. I tell you yeah. one thing, I did, I've not had PTSD that I've that I'm aware of, uh, but it, I don't know about you, but. I remember going back in the day, uh, this has been 20 years now since Jurassic Park, because we see all these like Jurassic World trailers now. But like I remember going back, and it, as a kid, the T-Rex, that scene where they see the water like vibrate and like the, the sound of the T-Rex hitting, like it scared me a lot as a kid. And I remember I'd walk outside, and it was thunder and lightning during the movie when I was a kid. So every time it would like thunder, I would be like, oh, my God, it's the T-Rex coming. <laughs> so I oh. so like as I get older sometimes, I would hear like loud like kind of <coughs> rumbling in a movie, I, I don't know, like, when I watched Pacific Rim, I kind of got a little uneasy, and then it hit me, like, wait a minute, this is, like, nostalgia, get this out of my head, you know, so, like, sometimes things will, like, hit, you know, something back when you were a kid, or, you know, or, or hit on memory, yeah. you know, like, I, I don't think I've had yeah. PTSD that I'm aware of, uh, we've all been through traumatic experiences, and we handle it in our own way, but it's just, like, every time I hear, like, this, like, rumbling sound, it kind of calls back to that moment when I was watching Jurassic Park, so... Are you guys excited? Are you excited about Jurassic World or? Um, I'm excited. I'm going into it just like expecting what I expected when I went to go see Pacific Rim. You know, like I went to Pacific Rim. I was like, I want to see robots fighting robots and <laughs> fighting aliens. Like that's what I want to see, and that's what I got, and it was beautiful. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for Jurassic World in the way I was excited for Pacific Rim. I'm, yeah, I love. I, I love Chris Pratt. Like I, I feel like Chris yeah. Pratt's been, you know, like I think the, uh, the, just executives in general are taking Chris Pratt like, hey, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was a huge, huge box office, yeah. you know, box office success. So like he can be tight, you know, cast as a lead now. And there's big talks that they want to reboot Indiana Jones and have him as Indiana Jones. What's your thoughts on that? 
whoa, that would be something. I don't, I don't actually know how I feel about that yet. I have to think about that more. Okay. She'll get back to us. That's interesting. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting. I don't know. I, I think it would. I mean, I, it... I enjoy Chris Pratt. Yeah. He's funny. <laughs> he is. And because you know, Disney owns Indiana Jones now, and they also, you know, own Marvel, which owns Guardians of the Galaxy, I think he would be at home and get to stay with his home studio, which is Disney. But I think pretty much at this point right now, Chris Pratt can write whatever check he wants. Like, if he wants a role, he can go for it and probably get it. Like, he's not in the, in the position he was 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I mean. I. I didn't. I didn't know who he was when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy because I didn't watch Parks and Rec ever. I just. I mean, I watched a few episodes the other day because I was like, maybe I should watch this thing. But um, I'm. I'm glad to see him getting more roles because um, I. I feel like he is enjoyable and fresh faced and he's a funny guy and I, I'm enjoying him. I'm enjoying him a lot. I want to see Charlize Theron in more things. Like Mad Max, Fury Road. Well, did you hear word on the street, allegedly, is now she, because of Fury Road, she is in the running to be Captain Marvel. And she is the number one choice to be Captain Marvel. Oh, my God. That sounds so perfect. Yeah. Like, I think, Lily, you can't see the video that we're seeing, but I think I just blew her mind. Yeah. Like, her mind is just blown now <laughs> that Charlie's Theron is going to be more, uh, the Captain Marvel. <laughs> so incredible i think it would be too and because of the thing is charlie's throne and i hope you take this the right way if you hear this charlie's throne has the biggest set of cojones i have ever seen and i think if something was in the script she didn't like or marvel said no you're gonna do it this way and she didn't want to she'd be like no i'm not doing that and would just walk yeah. off set and tell him to kiss her ass because she's um, like i don't care i got money like I can go home and chill. I've got enough money that I'm I'm comfortable. Like I do what I want. She she was in um, Snow White and the Huntsman as yeah. the evil queen, and like I don't know why I watched Snow White and the Huntsman, but I did. Um, like it's not a movie that I would usually go see, is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I saw it uh, for one reason or another, and. I couldn't take my eyes off her the whole movie. No, I mean, she like make it. It's almost like she dares you to look away from her. Cause same yeah. thing. It's not a movie I would normally watch, but at our gym we have a thing called Cardio Cinema, where it's a big movie room with all the elliptical machines, and they have movies playing. So that day it happened to be Snow White and the Huntsman. I'm like, ah, I'll give this a chance. I got to work out. Might as well sweat and watch Charlie's Throne at the same time. And she dares you not to look at her. It's like. Look at me. Pay attention to what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the costumes in that movie were so incredible. I mean, the one dress she wore was sewn together iridescent beetles. Yeah. Not yeah. like, oh man, Colleen Atwood, anything Colleen Atwood does. Like she did Memoirs of a Geisha. She did Chicago any costumes Colleen Atwood does are just going to blow you out of the water. And like, she had that one dress that was almost like plate mail. She had that one oh, dress yeah. that was like a rib cage on her shoulders. Like if you have to watch Snow White and the Huntsman, watch it for Colleen Atwood's costumes and Charlize Theron. It's staring. costume porn. It really is. Cause when you really look at the costumes, that. it's like, Holy shit. Like all of them are good. So yeah, I, I'm surprised we don't see more 
Snow White and the Huntsman cosplays like at conventions and stuff because it was it was some great looking. I you know one time I was like I'm gonna do one of the evil queen's things from Snow White and the Huntsman and then I was like nope I'm intimidated never mind bye so I didn't <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I I love Tra- um, I love Charlie Theron. She's she's done so many different things though. If you look at like her IMDb and go down the list of movies she's done, like she she gives one hundred and ten percent into her movies. Like I know there's a movie, uh, Monster. Did you ever see that with uh, Christina Ricci? She she gained yeah, like Oscar. Yeah. she won an Oscar and she won she gained like forty pounds for the role. Like so cool. That's a big commitment, you know. And <laughs> she, she said it was hard it's to take hard off to the weight. She, yeah, she said it was hard to take the weight that. off. You know. So like in, I don't know. Like she's she's done a lot of amazing things, and I, I respect her a lot. But she's also done some weird things. Remember that Aeon Flux movie? Oh, no one else does. <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah, and it was like out of left field, but yeah, you know, you know, they can't all be winners. No, but she's she's great in everything she does. It's just the movie itself may not be that great, but. You know. Well, let's have her do Captain Marvel. That would be pretty fantastic. Thumbs up, yeah, yep. We thumbs up. You get a double thumbs up here yeah. from the happy hour for that one. Triple thumbs up there. Triple thumbs up. So yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> so Lily, you as always have been an amazing guest. You're you're classy. You're amazing. You're enigmatic. You're just fun to be around and fun to talk to. And hopefully, this is not the last time we get to see you. Um, and uh, no, we'll do. I hope well, tell us how can everybody find you on the Twitter machine. Your your, I'm gonna say it wrong again. Your patron, uh, all Patreon. your stuff. Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. Yeah, actually, um, so you can find me most places. Like if you search for Lilitron cosplay, so um, on Facebook, I would be Facebook backslash Lilitron cos. But if you search Lilitron cosplay, you'll find me on Instagram. I'm Lilitron cosplay, um, and on Twitter, I'm at Lilitron twenty two. Uh, my Patreon, you can search Lilitron Cosplay. You can also search Lilitron Cosplay on YouTube and find me. Um, because I'm putting my Patreon videos on YouTube. Right now, there is my intro video for my Patreon and my very first tutorial for uh, the Daenerys Targaryen Astapur dress, which I hand-dyed the fabric and learned how to do dragon scale smocking and all this stuff. And it's just part one out, but here comes part two. I promise now that everything in my life isn't a giant tornado of sad so here comes real stuff i promise well but yeah patreon's really cool if you if you uh follow me on patreon and support me on patreon you can do like a dollar a video or five dollars a video and you only get charged when i put content out so this whole month of me not putting stuff out um nobody's gotten charged or anything you know it's just when i put something out um you are helping me do that if you support it and it helps me make new costumes because cosplay is expensive yeah and i send you if you're one of my uh supporters i send you personalized notes and i sign pictures for you and stuff and it's been pretty fun just like connecting with the people who have been supporting me i have a few really great supporters that make my day every day so awesome well you make our day every day and thank you so much for coming on and we really appreciate it Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Yes. So you have Definitely. a great night, and we're gonna we're gonna talk to you when we when we see. Why don't we do? Why don't we plan this tentatively? Because we know you're gonna be going abroad soon. If we if we watch Fury Road before you leave, yes. let's do a review. Okay. The three of us. Yeah. Well, yeah, that'd be great. 
Let's do it. Do it. <laughs> you got, yeah, you got to do it the metal. The metal uh, thumbs up. That was the coolest picture I've ever seen of you, Lily, by the way. Is you in front of the sign doing the oh, metal. <laughs> like, it was just so awesome. All right, Lily, yeah. you're the best. You have a great night. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you so much. You guys have a great night, too. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Well, that was the amazing Lily from Season 3, King of the Nerds. It was so nice having her on. And, uh, Johnny, why don't you tell the fine folks listening at home how they can get a hold of us? They can find us on the Internet at HH Podcast Show on Twitter. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show, as well as give us a review on iTunes. We yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. We need, we need, we need those five star reviews. Hit them on, tell them what you think, what you like, and uh, it helps us out, helps people find us as well as on Stitcher, favorite us and like add us to your playlist and all that stuff. And of course, our main hosting is soundcloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast. Three different ways you can hit us up on the Twitter machine with the hashtag patrol. And that would be hashtag happy hour podcast, hashtag HH podcast show, and hashtag deuces on the loose. Later. Later.